We're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Uh, before we get started, make sure you hit that little subscribe button right down there on the corner. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. What is happening in the sporting news? So let's start with the NFL, okay? The Commanders, the Washington Commanders, is set to hire Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as the new head coach. Uh, he was the 2021 assistant coach of the year, is climbing the ladder back to a familiar place, and he doesn't even need to leave the NFC East to do so. The Washington Commanders are set to hire Dan Quinn as their next head coach. NFL Network insiders Ian Rappaport and Tom Pacero, I hope I pronounced that right, reported per sources. Quinn, who's 53 years old, makes a move from Dallas, where he spent the last three seasons, to, to a lauded defense expert overseeing the Cowboys to top top 12 finishes in total defense, including a fifth-place finish in 2023. <clears throat> it attracted plenty of head coaching interests. A year ago, he decided to withdraw from all searches, choosing to return to Dallas, spent a third season working under Mike McCarthy. This time around, the former NFC Championship-winning head coach of the Falcons is taking the opportunity while it still exists. Washington's hire of Quinn marks the second straight instance in which the club chose a defensive-minded candidate with previous head coaching experience for his top job, following former Panthers head coach Ron Rivera, who was fired in D.C., after a 4-13 and finish in 2023, <clears throat> Quinn spent more than five seasons in the top spot in Atlanta before he was fired during the 2020 season. The hiring, though, seeks to address the commander's uh, glaring problems on the defensive side, where Washington finished dead last in total defense in 2023, a season which they traded not one, but both of their young edge rushers at the deadline. The commander's well-documented struggles prompted Rivera to fire defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio during the 2023 season, leaving the coach to take over play-calling duties. The results didn't produce much of an improvement, though, and Washington is hoping the hire of Quinn will deliver the results so desperately seek. Quinn will oversee a commander's team in need of a, of a firm answer at quarterback. Second-year passer Sam Howe finished 2023 on a low note, leading many to wonder whether he has a future with the team. They own the number two overall pick. It will have a prime opportunity to select one of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 class if they do, if they so desire. And plenty of work is left to be done in Washington, where the new owner, Josh Harris, has completed his first head coaching hiring process. If all goes according to plan, he won't have to do so again for the entire time. So, um, so what do you think? Uh, will Dan Quinn go to the Washington Commanders? Um you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't. You know, I don't know what's going to happen there. They're going to have have to hire a new head coach soon, and they're looking for a defensive mind head coach. You have to remember, defense wins football games. Offense gets the glory most of the time, but defense wins football games. That's that's what gets you to the big dance. Um, you know, of course, who can remember the Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl with that amazing defense that they had with Trent Dilfer as quarterback? Dilfer was a so-so quarterback but they had an amazing de defense, and that's what won them the Super Bowl that year. Okay? All right, so let's move on. Uh, other coaching positions around the league, NFL league, Dolphins interviewing Rams assistant Chris Shula, grandson of Don Shula, for defensive coordinator job. Um, could another Shula be headed for Miami? The Miami Dolphins are interviewing Chris Shula, grandson of legendary Hall of Fame head coach Don Shula, for the defensive coordinator opening on Thursday. NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, who I 
mentioned before, who, who I hope I got the name right, reported per source, Chris Shula has spent the past seven seasons with the Los Angeles Rams, with 2023 standing as his first in the role of linebackers coach, pass rush coordinator. Prior to becoming a member of the Rams staff in 2017, Shula began his NFL coaching career in 2015 with the Chargers as a defensive quality control coach. The 37-year-old Shula could be the latest uh, branch of the Sean McAvey coaching tree to extend to a new prominent position. See new Falcons head coach Raheem Morris as one of the latest examples. But he's also sure to cause some excitement in Miami due to his surname. You know, he have to remember, he is a Shula. Uh, grandfather Don Shula led, uh, led the Dolphins uh, to one of the greatest seasons ever with an undefeated season and a Super Bowl. And not only that... Don Shula, uh, that Dolphins team will only uh, will go uh, down as one of the greatest football teams in history, led by Don Shula. You have to remember, too, Don Shula also made a cameo in Ace Ventura, the first Ace Ventura. Uh, his grandfather, Don, is one of the most iconic coaches in NFL history. He holds a record for career victories, including playoffs, at 347. He spent 26 years with the Dolphins from 1970 to 1995 which included piling the legendary 1972 Dolphins undefeated squad. In total, the Dolphins have advanced to five Super Bowls and won twice, with Shula helming each team. Current Dolphins uh, head coach Mike McDaniel is in the market for a new D.C. after the club and Vic uh, Fangio parted ways after just one season together. Now, a, a familiar name is a candidate. Almost three decades after his grandfather coached his last game, for the Dolphins in the 1995 season, Chris Shula is heading to Miami. It's just for an interview at this point, but another Shula in Miami would certainly cause some excitement in South Beach. So what do you guys think? Do you think Chris Shula will go over to the Miami Dolphins to continue that legacy? You know, his grandfather, Don Shula, started a legacy in the Miami Dolphins. It would make sense that Chris Shula will go over to the Miami Dolphins. Comment on the section below. Uh, let's see here. In other news... Another coaching news around the NFL League. Titans expected to hire Ravens defensive back coach Denard Wilson as defensive coordinator. We've got a lot of defensive coordinator positions going on around the league. Titans head coach Brian Callahan has found a coordinator for his, de his defense. Tennessee expected to hire Ravens defensive back coach Denard Wilson as his next defensive coordinator. NFL Network insider uh, Tom Pelissero reported on Wednesday. <clears throat> Wilson, who interviewed with the Titans on Saturday for the position, will be entrusted in his 13th season coaching at the NFL level with bolstering a unit that fell just below average during the 2023 season. Tennessee is coming off a year in which it ranked 16th in scoring and 18th in yards, although it was the weakest where Wilson's expertise is strongest, with the 29th-ranked passing defense. The 41-year-old Wilson is part of a coaching staff at Baltimore this past season that orchestrated the league's number one scoring defense. The secondary was key in the ranking, as evidenced by the Ravens allowing the second fewest passing touchdowns in the league and finishing sixth in passing yards allowed. Wilson also worked with the Eagles in 2021 and 2022, serving as the passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach during his second year. With Philadelphia ranked first in passing yards allowed, before that he coached for the Jets and Rams. The news of this expected hires come on the same day as the Ravens lost their defensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, who departed to take a head coaching job with the Seattle Seahawks. So Mike McDaniel will be the new head coach uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I remember hearing about it yesterday. He will take over for the late, great Pete Carroll. And we wish uh, Pete Carroll all the best in his future endeavors. 
Their ability blocks in Tennessee, such as defensive tackle Jeffrey uh, Simons and linebacker Harold Landry, who has 22.5 combined sacks across two years, separated by his 2022 preseason ACL tear. But the list of penny free agents, which features Danico Autry, Aziz Alshir, and Sean uh, Murphy Bunting, is long. The Tides headed to the offseason with an estimated $68.1 million of cap space per over the cap, second most in the NFL. They could certainly use that to retain pieces brought in by the old regime, or they could uh, allocate part of the cash to help construct an improved defense of Wilson's image. Um, whatever the approach, he'll be continued on immensely to help Tennessee return to the playoffs after two missed in a row. Um, okay, so things are heating up in the league. A lot of uh, coaches are going to be trying to hire for the defense. What do you guys think? You know, uh, Comment on the section below. We'll see what happens here. Um, yeah, let's move on to some other NFL news leading up to the Super Bowl. Chargers wide receiver Quinton Johnson feels like he's due for a breakout in 2024. Quint Johnson feels a, uh, a bounce back in year two. After disappointing throughout his rookie year, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver believes that he has better days ahead, <clears throat> especially in the wake of Jim Harbaugh's hiring as Los Angeles head coach. That's another thing I want to hear you guys from. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh being hired as the Los Angeles Chargers' new head coach? Comment on the section below. I don't really get a chance to show who I really was or what type of player I am, but I still got the, wor uh, the world of confidence in myself, even if nobody doesn't. <coughs> this is what Johnson said per ESPN's Chris Rim. And so, you know, going into next season, I can't wait, like I said. I feel like I'm due for a breakout. But I'm very excited for that. <clears throat> a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound star out of TCU, Texas Christian University, Johnson was the second of four straight wide receivers drafted number twenty and twenty overall heading into the twenty twenty three season. A campaign which he faded compared to his fellow first round wideouts. Jackson Smith, the first wide receiver receiver off the board, started slow but carved out a role alongside. Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf in Seattle to finish the year with 63 receptions for 620 yards and four touchdowns. Zay Flowers, number 22 overall, established himself as Baltimore's number one wideout, catching five touchdowns, lead the team with 858 yards on 77 catches, while Jordan Addison made an immediate impact with 70 catches, 911 yards, and 10 touchdowns for Minnesota, for the Minnesota Vikings. Other rookies from later rounds, such as Puka Dakua, Tank Dell, and Jaden Reed had contributes at uh, Dwarf Johnson. He initially found playing time hard to come by, floating around 50% of offensive snaps, or lower for the first six weeks until L.A.'s receiving uh, corpse was beset by injuries. They had a lot of injuries this season, the Chargers did. He finished his inaugural season with 431 yards and two scores on 38 receptions. Still, the Chargers struggled as a whole. The offense finished 21st in scoring, tied for its second-worst output in the past two decades. And its 18th place finished in yards was tied for its lowest since 2014. <clears throat> Johnson, undeniably underperformed, but he is by no means a finished product after getting his footage for a single season. While he didn't look the part, he still possessed the in intangibles that made him a first-round selection. And Harbaugh's arrival brings a sense of an already superb Justin Hubert. Can ascend to yet another level of quarterbacking, which would prove a boost for everyone involved. Uh, his past experience with the 49ers and then going to college, I have no doubt in my mind that he could get that done with his team and to this level once again, Johnson said of Jim Harbaugh. So we've got a world of confidence with him. I've been texting back and forth with some of the players, and we're very excited to get back to work. 
Um, the last time Johnson and Harbaugh shared a field, it was during the 2022 college football playoff semifinal when Johnson's TCU Horn Frogs took out Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines 51 to 45. I remember that game. I remember watching that game. Johnson had six catches for 163 yards, both more than he's had in the NFL games to this point, plus a, a TD in that meeting. Now destined to be on the same sideline, perhaps Harbaugh can help Johnson get back to those heights. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. With the hiring of new head coach Jim Harbaugh for the Los Angeles Chargers after leading his Michigan Wolverines to a national championship in Houston, uh, what do you guys think about that? You know, comments on the section below. Do you think Harbaugh's looking for his Super Bowl ring? I think so. He's got a national championship ring. Now he wants a Super Bowl ring. You know, certainly uh, his brother John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens has a uh, Super Bowl ring. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. So we're going to move on real quick. Other news in the league. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys for a minute. Mika Parsons hopes Cowboys acquire players they're missing. Uh, they said they didn't do that this year. Uh, Micah, excuse me, I, th- I said Mika. Mika and Micah Parsons heard Jerry Jones' promises on Tuesday to go all in for 2024. And on Wednesday, he admitted the Dallas Cowboys were in a few players short of this season's championship pursuit. Sitting here and they're talking about we're going to all in this year. Man, that's what I ho- would hope for, Parsons said on his podcast, The Edge. I'm 24 years old, I've been in the league three years, and I've kind of seen it all. I hope that we could go all in. I hope that we go out and get the players and we're missing because we didn't do that this year. I hope that we challenge ourselves to become better and become greater. Um, you know, that's what everybody wants. Of course, Houston, the Houston Texans have a 74 million cap, so we'll see what they do there with that. Um, they just acquired uh, uh, their offensive coordinator, Bobby Slovic, to come back to Houston with a new full contract extension. Uh, so Bobby Slowick is not going to go anywhere in a head coaching position or anything like that. So Bobby Slowick will stay with the Houston Texans. But let's get back to Dallas real quick. Uh, the past several years have certainly seemed to be of all-in variety for Dallas, but the team has nonetheless plateaued at 12 wins earlier than anticipated playoff exit. Such was the case again for the 2023 Cowboys, who won a dozen contests for the third straight year, captured the NFC East, and finished as the conference number two seed only fall at home for the first time since week one of 2022. In the process, allowing the Packers to become the first seven-seeded squad to advance past Super Wildcard Weekend under the current postseason format. <clears throat> Dallas had no answers against Green Bay in any phase. At one point, trailing in the fourth quarter by 32 points before staging a comeback to mask some of the ugliness with the 48-32 final score. I was at work, I was, uh, but I went to the bar area and watched some of that game at work. Um, they did stage a little bit of a comeback, but, you know, just wasn't enough. So Dallas was beaten by that time. It's sad, man, that you lose that way you do, Parsons said, especially at home. Talk about how much we play at home, how much it stood for us to be at home, and to go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. I couldn't even look at that loss or feel any type of way because of how embarrassed I felt. It took me a while it even be able to show my face in public. I disappeared, like, completely. So he was not too happy about it. Um, let's uh, let's keep going here. Let's see what what uh, what they, Dallas is doing. It was the latest example of Dallas falling short. But when it comes to an already star-studded roster and the team's money situation, there aren't a plethora of avenues for an influx of talent that's supposedly been lacking. The Cowboys already had nine players named as 2023 first or second team All-Pros. Uh, they're also currently uh, slated to have the six least cap space in 2024 per over the cap with Dak Prescott carrying 
a $59.5 million cap hit, and players like wide receiver C.D. Lamb entering a contract year. Parsons himself is an obvious candidate to have his fifth-year rookie option exercise, assuming the front office doesn't lock him up to a long-term extension. Uh, A-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Tyron Smith is a penny-free agent, as is running back Tony Pollard, who fell flat at his first chance of being a lead NFL back. Tough decisions of skiffle cap, uh, such as uh, former nation extensions, could aid an all-in approach. What well, caliber of free agents that nets the Cowboys, as well as whether or not Spurrier leads to improvement beyond the regular season, will remain to be seen. Um, yeah, so... You know, a lot of news going on in the NFL leading up to uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. You know, the Taylor Swift Bowl. Speaking of which, uh, speaking of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I talked to a uh, buddy of mine who's a coach last night, and I said it's in tradition that a professional athlete, no matter if they win the World Series or the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or really anything that's championship related, there's tradition that the spouse or the girlfriend or the wife will get a ring or some sort of commemorative uh, thing that represents uh, the uh, championship in some way. So uh, a couple of people didn't believe me. A couple of people did. I have some friends who work for the Kansas City Royals. I have a buddy who's a scout for the Kansas City Royals. When uh, the Kansas City Royals won that uh, their World Series that one year, um, my buddy who's a scout, his wife got a necklace with the, uh, the logo of the Kansas City Royals that's shaped like the championship ring around her neck. Um, and then I, I know some some players, some cheerleaders, stuff like that, who will get Super Bowl rings or World Series rings. So it has become tradition. Now, it's not. I don't think it's mandatory, but it has sort of become tradition to do that. That's kind of a hidden tradition. So that means, as I was telling him, that means that if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, then Taylor Swift will most likely get a Super Bowl ring. Uh, either Travis will get her one, or uh, the ownership of the Kansas City Chiefs will probably say, okay, give her a Super Bowl ring. You have to remember, Taylor Swift brought in $335.1 million to the NFL just by her showing up to games. You know, that's $335.1 million to the NFL, and to part of that uh, profit goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. So if they do win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised that they will uh, give her a Super Bowl ring. You know, just something to think about. Just something to think about. Um, so, yeah. So, isn't that interesting, though? A lot of people don't really know that. But, um, yeah. So, we'll see what happens uh, What happens there. Um, who's excited for the Super Bowl? I know I am. And who do you guys have? Do you have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Or do you have the, um, do you have the uh, San Francisco 49ers? Um Let's talk. Let's go back to the past a little bit. It says right here, this coming up on Fox News, ex-NFL star Jim McMahon shares Super Bowl memories. Um, he said he wanted to forget the first one. McMahon, who won two Super Bowls in his career. Now, remember, he's part of the starting quarterback of that 1985 Chicago Bears team, a dominant team that will go down as probably the best, one of the best teams, along with the 72 Dolphins in NFL history. There's even a uh, ESPN 30 for 30 documentary on it um, called the 85 Bears. But let's see what uh, Jim McMahon has to say. Jim McMahon, quarterback, the great Chicago Bears team that steamrolled the New England Patriots in the 1986 Super Bowl and then backed up Brett Favre for the Green Bay Packers during the 1996 season, finished his career with two rings. 
As the Super Bowl heads to Las Vegas and McMahon prepares to host the Gridiron Great Celebrity Golf Classic, Fox News Digital asked the Pro Bowl quarterback about his fondest memories playing in the biggest game of his career. The first one I actually played in and actually had something to do with, down in New Orleans against the Patriots. The only recollection, recollection I had was getting out of the town before I got shot, he recalled. I had an idiot reporter go on TV said I called women sluts and the man and the men stupid, so this and that. Where that came from, I, d- I don't know. So I don't really remember the first Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, everybody knows that Jake McMahon is a very vibrant personality. He still is a very vibrant personality. Um, he came from quarterbacking at BYU, but that guy lived on his own terms, man. You know, that guy certainly, uh, he lived on his own terms. I still think he does live on his own terms. Um, I heard that now as a retired, uh, man that he, he, uh, doesn't watch a whole lot of football. Same thing with Bo Jackson. He's retired. He says he doesn't watch a whole lot of football. Um, here it is. The face story from a local television station in New Orleans was sourced to a local radio disc jockey at the time. It sparked death threats, uh, demonstration, and an apology. The incident happened about five days before the Super Bowl. This is between the Bears and the New England Patriots. Uh, the second time I went down to New Orleans again, McMahon said, it was on the same day in the same stadium against the same team, 11 years apart, which was kind of a deja vu moment for him. But I got a free ride. I didn't have to do anything. Brett was having a great year. I think he was MVP that year for the NFL. So, yeah, it was great to win another ring. Uh, but, yeah, my memories of the game, it was just like I said, I wanted to forget the first one. I just sat there and watched the second one. It was nice to end it that way. Um, yeah, so you have to remember, you know, Jake McMahon coming out of college, coming out of BYU, he was a huge star for uh, for the Chicago Bears. And, uh, yeah, so huge star for the Chicago Bears. And it was just really, uh, you know, he lived on his own terms. He, he still does live by his own terms. And, uh, yeah, he's about to host the Celebrity Golf Classic before the Super Bowl. So good luck to him on that. That will be in Las Vegas. And, uh, yeah, let's move on to college basketball real quick. Uh, today at 7.30 p.m., we have number six, Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Uh, also at 7.30 p.m., we have Cal, the Cal Golden Bears versus number 11, Arizona. And then, uh, of course, Florida beat number 10 Kentucky yesterday, 94 to 91. Um, let's talk about women's college basketball real quick. This comes from Fox Sports. Caitlin Clark becomes number two all-time scorer and needs 104 points for her record. <coughs> Excuse me. Caitlin Clark cruised right by Jackie Styles and Kelsey Mitchell. Next up is Kelsey Plum. Uh, that's the only name above Clark on NCAA women's basketball scoring list. Clark collected 35 points, 10 assists, and 6 rebounds in front of a sellout crowd at Welsh Ryan Arena, leading number 3 Iowa to a 110-74 victory over Northwestern on Wednesday night. This is women's college basketball. Three weeks after passing to Brittany Griner, Clark took uh, down two more big names in women's hoops. She passed Styles, Jackie Styles, her third on the NCAA list, where she made a three-pointer with 2.04 left in the first quarter. She moved ahead of Ohio State's Mitchell which she convicted a layup with 4.58 left in the first half, making her the career-scoring leader for the Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference. Clark finished the night with 3,424 points, departing to a big ovation with a 4.23 remaining. Plum 
who has uh, stared at Washington from 2013-17, tops the women's Division I scoring list with 3,527 points. Uh, Caitlin Clark is closing in on that, though. Iowa's Caitlin Clark. Clark is averaging 32, point, uh, 32 points a game. This season is on pace to reach the all-time record by March. I think the coolest thing is just the names that I get to be around, Clark said. Those are people that I grew up watching, especially Kelsey Plum, Brittany Griner, Kelsey Mitchell. Those are really, really great players. Cheered on by a crowd of 7,000, filled with Iowa colors and dialed with Clark shirts. The senior guard went 11 for 22 from the field and 10 for 10 at the free throw line. It was her 13th game this season with at least 30 points. But it was her passing that really stood out. She made a nice pass ahead of Hannah Stolk for a fast break layup for the second quarter. And she fouled Sidney Falter by a back. I hope I said that right, for a backdoor layup in the third. This was one that was definitely circling on my calendar just because I knew the amount of Iowa fans in the Chicago area, Clark said. So I was super excited to come here. I love this gym. Uh, Stolk, who had 17 points and 9 rebounds for Iowa, 20 of 2, 9 of 1 in the Big Ten, which earned its second straight win since a 192 overtime loss at Ohio State on January 21st. Kate Martin added 16 points and Gabby Marshall finished with 12 of 4 of 5, shooting from 3. Northwestern, uh, they're 7-14, 2-8, lost his fifth straight game. Melanie De- DeLay scored 19 points for the Wildcats, and Haley Weaver finished with 13. I thought it was going to be a much better game than it was, said Paige Mott, who finished with 10 points. We didn't show up to play for 40 minutes. Um, so, yeah, so looking back, Clark had been limited to single digits, so just won her collegiate career, which she scored 8 points, a 77-67 loss at Northwestern on January 9, 2021. Um, Iowa, led by Clark, the Hawkeyes, had 28 assists against just five turnovers. They also enjoyed a 42-30 rebound advantage. I think we did a better job of rebounding in the second half, Coach Lisa Blutter said. I love 28 assists on five turnovers. Really good numbers there. Northwestern Daly was 8 for 17 from the field, almost 24 and a half minutes, and Coach Joe McEwen said she should be in the mix for the Big Ten Sixth Player of the Year award. Uh, we really like Mel's pop coming off the bench, he said. Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think Kayla Clark, she's closing in on the record? Do you think uh, Do you think she'll get the record? Of course, she's a, she's going to be a draft pick for the WNBA. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, let's see what else is going on. This, of course, of course is reported by NCAA.com. Uh, let's see here. We have, uh, you know, of course, a few undefeated teams. We have um, U of H has been doing well. Texas Tech, my alma mater, Texas Tech, was being by TCU. Uh, let's talk about D1 men's basketball real quick. Why you should pick at least the two number one seeds for the Final Four in your NCAA tournament bracket. Uh, it's always tempting to go chalk with your March Madness men's bracket picks and choose multiple number one seeds to reach the Final Four. But just how many top seeds should you pick to reach the Final Four this year? All four number one seeds have made the Final Four just once, so it would be wise to predict that at least one of this year's number one seeds get tripped up before then. Of course, there is no perfect formula to calculate which teams or seeds will advance to the Final Four. Just look back at the 2008 NCAA tournament. All four number one seeds advanced. In the 2011 NCAA tournament, teams seed number 3, 4, 8, and 11 made it, or even 2023 with the Final Four had number 4, number 5, and number 9 seeds. However, history tells us you should probably pick two number 1 seeds to reach the Final Four. 
if you're looking for a cut and dried rule regarding top seeds. Uh, the breakdown, how many number one seeds have made the Final Four since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985? If you pick two number one seeds to make the Final Four and only, only one number one seed makes it, you have a 50% chance of picking the right team. And multiple top seeds advance to the Final Four. Your chances are even better for picking the right teams. On average, about 1.6 number one seeds make the Final Four each NCAA tournament. While the most common occurrence is only, no, only number one seed making the Final Four 16 of 38 years since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985. Two or more number one seeds have made the Final Four in 19 NCAA tournaments. For that reason, it's better to err on the side of picking perhaps one too many number one seeds than only too few. If choosing two number one seeds is the best option based on historical average, you should you should do with your other two Final Four picks. What should you do? A number two seed has made the Final Four 32 times in the 38 years. There has been a 64 or 68 team tournament, which is almost once per year on average. Pick a number two seed. So, just a little, uh, just a little, you know, when when uh, March Madness comes up, tournament time, it just gives you a little idea of how to pick. You know, usually a number one seed will go out early, uh, and then you'll have a Cinderella squad always in there. With the four-team take on fire and the team seed as the number three or lower, as a buyer, at least one team seed is seventh or lower has made the final four and nine of the last ten double NCAA tournaments. So, uh, really... The question is for you guys. What do you guys think when you make your brackets? Do you think you're going to go with the number one seed? Or are you going to go with your alma mater if they do make it? I mean, what's going on? And who will be the Cinderella team this year uh, of who's going to go to the Final Four? Comment on the section below. Uh, yeah, that's another episode, guys. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the Matthew Paris Show. It's always a great time here. We talk sports. And, uh, yeah, guys, you guys take care. Have a great uh, rest of the week. We're closing in on the weekend. Um, Super Bowl is coming up soon, so you guys just take care, be safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, take care. Bye.